We're Dr. Gary and Barb Rosberg, America's Family Coaches. And Barb, today we're going to kind of take a walk down memory lane a little bit. Honey, I don't know if you ever get on the computer and it asks you your birth date and you put in September 4th and you're, what, 29? Is that 26. Right? You're 26. 26 yeah, this I, year. Yeah. I get kind of confused. Happy birthday to, to me. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I know when I do it and it, you know, it starts with the year 2011 and then you got to scroll back to get back to your birth date. And uh, this has just been happening more and more frequently. Really, it just seems like a really long scroll <laughs> to get back I'm to the year. Myself up. Well, the, well the yeah, nineteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds. Well, yeah, well, but it, it, it's the mid nineteen hundreds. <laughs> but uh, but to all of us who survived the thirties, the forties, the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies. Now, if you survived the sixties and you remember the sixties, one guy said you probably weren't even there because those years were so crazy. But you know, think about it. If you're survivor of all of those different decades, first of all, you survived being born to moms who probably smoked or drank while they were pregnant. They took aspirin, ate blue cheese, dressing, tuna from a can, and they didn't get tested for diabetes. Imagine that. Yeah, and I'm a diabetic, so I can say that. Then after that trauma, we were put to sleep on our tummies in baby cribs, covered with bright-colored lead-based paints. We had no child-proof lids on medicine bottles, doors, or cabinets. And when we rode our bikes, we had no helmet. Boy, is that a big one, Barb. I mean, I still can't, and I know I'm going to get letters on this, but I still can't put on a helmet getting on a bike. Yeah. Um, and we even hitchhiked. Yeah. And guess what? I can remember picking up hitchhikers when I was in high school, driving to Valley High School. Barb, guys like me dreamt about girls like you picking us. That, well, that you know, kept guys. Can I tell you something? They were two big burly guys, and they were on their way to California. Were you in your Carmen Ghia? Um, I Well, is it Carmen Ghia or is it a little yellow, yellow Chevy? But you know what they said to me as soon as they got out of the car? You should not be <laughs> picking, picking up hitchhikers. And they were, like, very protective. And I just went on my merry, merry way. Well, as infants and children, we would ride in cars with no car seats, booster seats, seatbelts, or airbags. Riding in the back of a pickup on a warm day was always a special treat. It was. I remember riding in my uncle's truck. It was so fun. And you would bounce around in the... Oh, I sat in one place. But, yeah, I bounced. It was so fun. Yeah. You know, in a family of four, um, there was the hump, you know, for the drive So train. did you get the hump? Yeah. <laughs> I'd get the hump. And my sister. Middle child. Yeah, middle child. And uh, I don't know where we put my little brother. I think we put him on the hood or something. But we would drink water from the garden hose and not from a bottle. We shared one soft drink with four friends from one bottle. And no one actually died from that. We ate cupcakes, white bread, real butter, and drank Kool-Aid made with sugar but we weren't overweight because we were always outside playing. Hmm. What time did you have to come in at night? Uh, when the streetlights came on. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and boy, if I wasn't in the house, I can still hear my dad calling me from the front porch. Would he whistle? He whistled. And then he'd yell, Barbie. I mean, parents were not afraid to call out their kids' names. And boy, if you didn't make it in the house, you were in trouble. You know, Barb, when we moved on the street that I spent from uh, age seven to um, when I went to college, uh, there were 90 kids on that block. Um, and there, there were families of 11 and 12, and there were other families like ours of four. And uh, our house faced the court. So we were on Douglas Avenue, but it faced Douglas Court, and that's where we played uh, softball. That's where we played kickball. That's where we you know, beat up each other. And I remember the first day we moved in, all the kids were out playing. My mom said, go out and play with the kids. And I said, well, I don't know them yet. She said, well, just go out and play with them. So I went out, and they were playing baseball, and there must have been 30 kids. 
And I walked up to Laurel Lash. Now I was seven. She was six. She was a year younger than me. And I said, can I play? And she looked at me, wheeled back her fist, and smashed me right in the face. <laughs> and I Welcome to the neighborhood. And I looked at her, and, and you know, my nose is bleeding. And, I'm, and I, so I went to the house, and my older brother found me, and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, this girl just round kicked me or something. <laughs> what would you do to her? I just asked if I could play. And uh, he said, well, get back out there. I said, I'm not going back out there. <laughs> but I went back out, and I remember I went up there, and I took the bat out of her hand, and we were good friends after that. Were you? Yeah. but it was, I think it was a rite of passage in Chicago. I think so. To move into the new hood. I don't know what it was. We would leave home in the morning, play all day, and as long as we were back when the streetlights came on, there you go. No one was able to reach us all day long. <laughs> we were okay. We didn't have beepers. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have... You know, um, our moms let us go out and play. Well, and you know, Barb, I tell our grandkids about those days, and they just go, "Well, I mean, who took you to the play date?" I go, "Play date? Give yeah. me a, gag me with a spoon. What's a play date?" <laughs> we would spend hours building go karts out of scraps, ride down the hill, only to find out that we didn't have brakes. I remember that. We'd run into the bushes, and we'd learn to solve the problem. We didn't have Playstations, Nintendos, Xboxes, nor video games. No 150 channels on the cable. No video. Uh, movies, nor did we have DVDs, no surround sound, no iPods, no cell phones, no personal computers. You know, Barb, do, do you remember when the clicker came out, the, the remote control? Because I was my dad's remote control. Yeah, I recall that. So too. he'd be sitting there in his chair, you know, go napping change the and, channel. Go change the channel. And you had three channels. Yeah, I had three channels. On a good day. Yeah. And, and it uh, was if your antennas were going the right direction. Yeah, it's just different. And we've got a lot more of this we could read. But let's encourage today's parents. Because you know what? Today's parents are really having uh, to make all sorts of decisions all day long and how to engage their kids. And you know what? We want to give you some coaching tips today. We do. Gary, I think the first thing we want to encourage with is that of boundaries. When you can explain clear-cut boundaries to your children and help them understand that it's to protect them, you have such freedom in boundaries. And kids need to understand how far they should go and and why parents care about them, and it's the best thing you can do for them. You know, I think another thing, Barb, is to trust that um, you need to protect your kids, but somehow let them live life without a helmet sometimes. And I don't mean on a bicycle. I don't want to get set up on, uh, on that kind of an issue. But you know what? Your kids ultimately belong to God, and he loves them more than you'll ever love them. And somehow we need to use some wisdom and discernment to let our kids experience life. And sometimes it means they're going to bump their head. Sometimes it means they're going to have a tough relationship issue. And when those things do occur, mom and dad, be there to help them process it while they're in your home to help encourage them along the way. Another thing I'd really love to encourage parents with, Gary, is that kids need their mom and their dad time. They do not need stuff. I mean, mothers... Fathers, think of your own life. You've got, you bought stuff a year ago. What are you doing with it? You're boxing it up. You're giving it away. You're selling it at garage sales. It doesn't fit you anymore. Your heart makes you feel like you need more, 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 and you don't. So bring it back to your kids. Your kids can never replace your time, your connection, and your presence, your heartfelt presence in their lives. Give your kids time. And dads, I mean, the pressure and the, the, uh, all the, the voices you hear about working more and needing to pay the bills and all the money that it takes to do it, it's true. 
But you got to spend time with your kids because your time will run out and you never know when. Spend time with them today. Yeah, and Barb, one more thing, and I can't help but to add this, is when you're looking at the outside activities with your kids, um, say no to many opportunities. Um, you know, if, if there's going to be a sport, if there's going to be an art you know, activity, if there's going to be a music activity, um, try not to over-program your kids' activities so that they have time to just be kids and to play. You know, one of the things I love about going to our older daughter's house uh, here where we live in the same city is they've got a lot of land. And we pull up, and invariably those four kids are outside, and they're just playing. They're riding bikes. They're shooting baskets. They're on the trampoline. They're just playing. And it, it always does my heart good to just see them outside and just playing, just outside playing, just free time to play and uh, building those memories. And sometimes we put our kids in activities, you know, trying to prepare them to you know play for the NBA or to play at Carnegie Hall. And, and you know what? Some of our kids will, but most won't. So build activities for them, but also give them plenty of time to just be kids. You know what, Barb, this is kind of a look back, but it's also an encouragement to our friends listening today. And we want you to look forward. If you'd like to go to our website, join the conversation at americasfamilycoaches.com and give us feedback on today's topic. Learn more about our resources. And you know what, Barb, a lot of things change, but one thing that we love to remind our listeners is that God never changes. He is constant, he is sovereign, he is providential, and he loves you. We're Dr. Gary and Barb Rosberg, America's Family Coaches. Join us at americasfamilycoaches.com. Mm-hmm.